Amen. That is just good to be home, be, be in the house. It had a, had a great, how many enjoyed last weekend? Pastor Steven, the whole team, everybody rocked it. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I, had the, I had the honor of traveling with five other men from the house. And, it, and I got to tell you something. It's just, a, just I, I love the men in our church because and, and, uh, they're men. That would have been a good place for a man to actually respond. Don't be, okay, I won't go there. Uh, but we have men in the house. And men, and they're not just good men, but they're, they're, they're growing up becoming good at being a man. And uh, uh, we, we traveled over to uh, Great Falls, Montana, and we're in a men's meeting there. And Pastor Bill Shear was there. He said to tell everybody hi. So, hi. Uh, and uh, we, we had a great time. It was just great to be there. Just really appreciate the guys and everything that God's doing. But uh, even on the trip, man, God, God's just... God's just continuing to just show me things that uh, are changing my life, and, and it's exciting, you know, because you, you know what, uh, this, this Bible thing, man, you, you, you might be lazy about certain things, but you do not want to be lazy about the Word of God, okay, and you, and you want to spend some time and, and dive in there and let God's Word, uh, I mean, just, just let God's Word come alive to you, and stay on a verse until it starts talking back to you. And, uh, you know, it's crazy because God's word, and, uh, you know, a word holds a thought. And uh, you, you get God's word, and, and you, you actually have access to God's thoughts. And it still blows my mind when I think about it, that I can think the thoughts that God thinks. Is that crazy? I mean, you know, you know some of the stupid stuff you think, Huh? Come on, you're like me. You think some crazy stuff, okay? But you could be thinking the thoughts that God thinks. And, and, and the thoughts of God are, are so vital that you get it because, you know, he gave his word so that you could have his thought. And the reason he needed you to have his thoughts, because a thought is, is pregnant with an image. And, you know, you, you think and you, you begin to see, you begin to see things and God, God wants to show you things. You, you know, people who wrote in the book, right, it's like, open thou mine eyes and show me great and wonderful things out of thy law, which I didn't know. You know, show me, call me and I'll answer you and I will show you things that, that, are, that are beyond your imagination. God wants to show you things. Don't you think it's crazy that God, he said, man, I know the thoughts I think towards you and they're thoughts of good, not evil. Thoughts to prosper you, not harm you. Thoughts to give you hope and, and future. And God's, God has thought, if you, could, if you could think the thoughts that God is thinking about you, let me tell you something, you'd be a lot happier than you are right now. Right? Because when God's looking at you and he's thinking about you and he's speaking his word into your life and, and that word's got that thought, that thought paints that image and the image that God is wanting to paint, he's not painting an image of a failure or, or a loser or somebody that's going under. That's not how God sees it. And, and, and if you can see what God sees, man, I'm telling you. You have a responsibility to yourself, okay? To, to, to slow life down. To slow it down. Who's busy? If you're not raising your hand, you're a liar. You're probably too busy right now to raise your hand. You, you, you know, it's crazy. You know, this pay, the pace that we're at, and, and sometimes, you know, you, you, just, you have to stop. Man, you have to just stop and slow down, and, and you owe it to yourself. To, uh, you know, it's Joshua said, this book of the law shouldn't, you know, shouldn't depart out of your mouth, but you should be meditating it day and night. Meditate. Don't get caught without God's word in your mouth. 
Because that word's going to show you what to do. It's, it's going it, to, man, I'm telling you. You know, there, there are certain things, you know, there are certain things in life, and just think back for a minute, and you'll, you'll you know, most of us could, could pinpoint things that, well, when we launched into a certain, you know, relationship or, or, or opportunity or a certain direction in life, we could see, we could see something, and, and, and it, it was, it was a, it was like, man, this is going to be awesome, and, and, and we're, we're going to do this, and, and this is where I'm going to take my life, and, and, and you're heading towards a particular thing, and, and then, then life occurs, and it, get, it becomes more and more difficult, and, and, and instead of uh, finding a way through, around, or over the difficulties, we begin to justify why we're not in the position to experience the thing that we, that we could once see, because all of a sudden, we start seeing things differently. And, and, and it's not that, that what you saw wasn't God in the first place. It's just that now you're in the process of changing your mind. And you're having a mind shift that's taking you to a place where you're willing to accept a different outcome than the outcome that you could see at first. You know, and, uh, you, you know, it happens all the time in relationships because people walk down the aisle and they can see themselves living happily ever after. But then after a few months, years of, of living with that person and, and now, now it's different stuff coming to the surface and you begin to change the way you see it. And, and, and it's not that, that the first picture was off. It's just now you, you're being confronted with second thoughts and, and, and those second thoughts have a second image and, you, and now, now I'm trying to decide which image I'm going for, healthy or broken, healed or sick, blessed or cursed. And, and you're having to make a decision. And, and, and the thing of it is, is that, that well, maybe it, it, maybe it wasn't God. I guess we miss God because, you know, if it, if it was God, he would have made it happen. You ever had that toxic thought that if it was God, he'd just make it happen. It would be easier than this. Man, that's kind of an indicator that you haven't read the book. You know, you, you, you study the lives of people who walk with Jesus, and it doesn't get easier. It gets more and more impressive. Hello, somebody. Because the stuff that messes you up doesn't intimidate God at all. You know, uh, it just, uh, you, you know it's, it's almost as if. I mean, wouldn't it be weird? Remember when the disciples were freaked out because of the storm and Jesus was sleeping in the boat? Do you, do you remember that story? And remember what they said to Jesus as they're waking him up because, hey, we're going to die. I mean, we're, we're going on, we are going to die. And, and, and here's the crazy part is that we're not doing something that we don't think he wants us to do. He said to do this. We're doing what he said. And now we're going under. And they wake up Jesus. And what do they say? Don't you care? Don't you care? And, and it, can, it can seem as if God doesn't seem to care but it's not that he doesn't care. It's just that he's not looking at what you're looking at. That's not the picture he sees. He's not impressed with the storm because he has power over the storm. Right? He, he, he wants you to go get what, what you saw. Right? I, I, think, I think there's people in the room today, and, and, and I'm on a mission to come get you. Okay, rattle your cage a little bit because I think there's people that, that had a vision and they could see themselves, you know, doing certain things, accomplishing certain things, uh, uh, experiencing certain things, uh, but they've encountered other things along the way. And, and, the, and the thought is that, well, maybe, I, maybe that's just not the way it's going to be. And, I, and I'm telling you that the problem isn't that what you saw was wrong. The problem is, is the way you chose to get there. 
Okay, because you see something, that's like a desire. Desire is a thing, and thing is always located at a place. And you start making decisions, decisions lead to a place. Desire leads to a thing. So you start making decisions that are actually leading you away from the place that the thing that you desire is located. You with me? Okay, so in order to get to the place where the thing is located, you have to make decisions that take you to the place where the thing is located. But, but see, what we do is we have, we have a vision, and it can even be a God-birth vision, but we're going to do it our way, right? Like Proverbs 14, 12 says there's a way that seems right to you. Problem is, is the end is death or separation. Separation from what? Separation from the very thing that you said you're going to go get. But, but, but we, as a believer, we're supposed, according to Matthew 6 and a, and a bunch of other places, but we're supposed to seek his way, right? His way. Instead of hyper-focusing on the way, we need to hyper-focus on the end and let God direct the way. And if you would let God direct the way, he'd take you to the place where the thing that he showed you was at. But, but, but we keep trying to do it our way. And I'm telling you, even the way we do God life even though, you know, church life, uh, uh, the, the way we think about church, the way we think about, you know, uh, you, you know the life of the church and, and our, our involvement in, in God's stuff, uh, you know, see, you got to keep asking yourself, what do I know that's preventing me from knowing what I need to know that has the power to take me where I need to go? Man, if I'm not at the place that I really believe God wants me, then there's something preventing me, and, and, and it can't be the devil because for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he would destroy the works of the evil one. He's under my stinking feet. Man, there's only one force on the earth that has the ability to prevent God's purpose from unfolding in my life, and it's me. You know, it's awesome to be, you know, hey, hey, let's blame somebody else. Let's, let's, let's blame circumstances. Let's blame people. Let's, let's blame, oh, I know, let's, let's blame Trump. Everybody's blaming Trump. Let's get on that bad wagon. Okay, but here's the deal. Trump is not more powerful than God. See, here, here's something you need to know is that, that, that God's word in, that he's speaking into your life, you, you know, you might struggle, you know, when you think of Isaiah 54, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me, I can condemn for this is the heritage of the children of a living God. And you might, you, you might struggle applying that to your life at times because it, it, it appears, it looks as if there are things that have been developed against you and they're working. Hello? No, it's supposed to be no weapon formed against me can prosper, and it looks like these are weapons formed against me, and it looks to me like they're prospering. Okay, so all of this stuff, but wait, but, but wait a minute, just put, it, just put it in context and recognize that, hey, no, God says no weapon formed against me, him, no weapon formed against God can prosper. No weapon formed against God can prosper. Well, if, 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 if weapons formed against God don't prosper, then I need to get closer to God instead of staying as far away as I can to reap the benefits of knowing God. You see, I think a lot of us, I think a lot of us have, 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 have slipped off. It's like, it's like an old you know, logging road in the woods and it's got ruts and you slip into this rut and you end up going wherever the people ahead of you went. And it's hard to climb out of that rut and stay up on top of things. But you know, it, this is like a personal responsibility where you, you need to stay out of the rut and, and, you know, a lot of people are living their life in the rut, and the rut, all it is is a grave with both ends knocked out. You need to get out the rut. 
right? And, and you need to get up on top and live where God's called you to live. Somebody say amen. Because and, and, and you need to just stop and you, and you need to just allow God. You need to spend a little bit more time in the Word of God. I'm telling you. Uh, you know, we have these things, we call them life verses. And, uh, you know, and I, man, I'm begging you, get, get a bunch of life verses. If you don't have a life verse, this is, a, you know, somebody in here ought to be able to walk up to you at any point in time, say, hey, what's your life verse? And you can tell them the, the verse that you're actually walking in right now. It's so weird when you ask a believer, what scripture are you standing on? And they, and they, and they go into freaky mode, like crap. And the only thing that you can think of is, you know, love thy neighbor. Uh, you, you know, man, you, you got to have some stuff that you're working on, right? Here's the one that I'm working on right now. I was talking to, uh, you know, my son, a couple of my boys last night, and, and, and I just tell him, man, because we've been, we've been on the road a little bit the last week or two, and, and we have this time, and, and uh, you know, we're traveling on the bikes, and, and you have this time where you get to meditate. And so uh, I look at the clock, and I, and, and I figure, okay, in 35, 40 minutes, we're going to make a stop up here. So until we stop, this is what I do. And I start going over the word, okay, whosoever shall say, and, and not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says, so kind of passage shall have whatsoever you say, a whosoever, I'm a whosoever, I am a whosoever, and I'm not just any whosoever, I am a special whosoever, because I am called of God, I am anointed of God, I am empowered by God, I am blessed by God, and I am known by God, and, I, and, and I'm a whosoever who is saying, and I'm saying right now, and I'm going to be speaking, because the most powerful, the most powerful thing that God gave man was the ability to speak, and it's the same power that God used to create everything, and I'm a whosoever that's going to say some stuff, and I'm not going to doubt in my heart, because I have removed all doubt from my heart, I have I am in a position where I only believe in anything that comes up against the will of God, the word of God. Man, I'm telling you, it's getting ejected from my life. So whosoever shall say and not doubt in his heart, but believe. And I believe and that word believe doesn't mean just think about it. It means to think about it until you can feel it. And I'm feeling this, God. I'm feeling this right now. I'm a whosoever who's saying. And I'm believing. I can feel what I'm saying. And I can speak it. And I'll have whatsoever I say. So God, I just thank you for supernatural debt reduction in my life today. Supernatural debt reduction happens in my life every day even as I'm traveling down the road on a motorcycle. God, your power is at work in my life, and I believe in supernatural abundance in my life. And I just, you know, man, I just, I get off the bike. How you guys doing? Man, look at Mark 4, 24. That's one of my life verses. I love it in Amplify because it says the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear determines the level of virtue and power that comes back. You got to give thought and study to it. But you go back and you read it in King James, and, and, and it says, take heed to what you hear. And he said to them, so Jesus is teaching his guys, and, and, and listen, if he's teaching them, we should probably learn this. And he said, take heed to what you hear, for with what measure you meet, it will be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall even more be given. Shall even more be given. How many of you know God's got stuff he wants you to have? And he has stuff he wants you to have more of, okay? And I know that there's stuff that you want, but when you want what God wants for the same reason God wants it, let me tell you, nothing can stop you. So you might want to find out what God wants because he wants you to have it. And when you get it, you're going to get more of it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. To him who has shall more be given. Just wait for just a second. Make you think about something. What you have 
you're going to have more of. So you might want to make sure that you're seeing things the way God's seeing things so you have more of what God's seeing instead of seeing things the way you see things so you have more of what you see. Just saying. <laughs> okay, take heed. Everybody say take heed. Okay, now, now we got to stop for a minute because you need to know what that means. If you're supposed to do it, Remember, remember Romans 12, 2, God's word translation says, don't be like the people of the world, but instead change the way you think. See, when you change your way of thinking, you get to God's way of thinking, you'll end up to the place where the thing that you desire is located. And, but, but, but when he says, don't be like the people of the world, well, then what we as a believer need to do is stop being like people of the world and stop thinking the way they think. And then when we look at a verse like this and it says, take heed, well, then you need to know what it means to take heed because you're supposed to do this. You are supposed to take heed. Ain't nobody taking heed for you. I said, ain't nobody taking heed for you. Trust me, I've tried. Seriously, man, I, 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 I want to take heed for my boys. I want to take heed for my family. It don't work. I mean, I can encourage, Right? I, I can support, but if you don't take heed, then you are heedless. And it's amazing how many believers are heedless. You're looking at me like, I came for the ice cream. When's the ice cream? When I'm done. Okay. <laughs> take heed. You need to know this. Listen to, this is the word blepo. Here's what it means. Now, remember, God gave his word so you could have his thoughts. He gave you his thoughts so you could see what he sees. To take heed means to see, to discern, to engage the power of seeing, to look upon, to turn the eyes towards a thing, to look at, to gaze upon it, to the point of feeling the thing, to see using the mind's eye in order to understand and to discover, to direct the thoughts towards looking to examine, to turn and face a thing. He says, take heed to what you hear. He said, I, I, you know, and he's talking about his word and the truth that he's speaking into their lives. And he says, stop. And, and, and literally, literally, listen to what he's saying. God's saying, consider a thought until you can see it and then gaze upon it and discover the full, clear image. Examine it closely. And when you begin to see it, I'll begin to give you greater insight to the insight that you're getting. I'll increase your vision. I'll let you see things that you've never seen before. See, the Bible says, seek and you shall find. Why haven't you found stuff? Because you're not seeking. So if, what would happen if, if we started seeking, you know, this, this opportunity to have God show us what's in store for our life? Man, he planned your life, and, and, and he didn't hide it from you. He hid it for you. And, and he's wanting to reveal it. The Bible says he reveals it by his spirit, and, and he wants you to see it so that you can, because so, when you see it, it's going to change everything. Right? It's going to change everything. But, but we, we, we're so hurried, so fast. You know, we, pew, pew, pew. Matter of fact, in just a minute, they're going to put an image on the screen, and they're going to, and they're going to leave it up there for just 10 seconds, and I want you to look at it. Okay? And just, I mean, so you're going to have to like turn your head, uh, you know, use your neck, and, and look to one of the screens. Don't just stare at me. Look at the screen because we're going to have a test. You ready? Ready? Here we go.
Okay, here's the question. What is it? What does it do? And could you use it effectively? What is it? What does it do? And could you be effective, proficient? Like, would you consider yourself an expert with that device? This is a very simple device. What is it? I went around this week, showed it to different people. Nobody knows what it is. Because they don't, not, not, they try to pretend like they could figure it out. Give me a minute, I'll figure it out. Because I'm like a genius. And I know they're not, because I run the genius meetings and they don't show up. Okay, but, but, that was a joke. Okay, but, see, that, that amount of time is what a lot of us devote to a word from God. We'll take a few moments and memorize a verse or two. But we've never sat down. Do you think that device, if the creator of that device came in, sat down with you, and explained to you exactly what it is, exactly how it works, and how it could bring advantage to your life, do you think that that would help? You have the opportunity to sit down with the creator and let him explain to you, show you, enlighten you. And, and give you instruction how, how to use this to your advantage. So you have this insane advantage in life. You're not supposed to be like people who don't have access to God. We're not supposed to be living like people who don't have access to the thoughts of God. Who, 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 man, we're born again. We should be walking on top of what other people sink into. Right? Well, well, it ain't working, man. I tried that thing. It ain't working. No, no. You, you, you didn't take heed. You haven't learned how to apply God's word to your life. I'm telling you that there have been moments in life when, when man, things look crazy. I mean, you've met our boys. You know, it was pretty, it's, it's pretty scary, you know, when the popo comes to the house and they want to talk to you about your boys. And, 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 and you know, it, it, the first thoughts that come in your mind is, how, how, come, how come they're out doing that stuff? Man, you're a pastor. They should be doing that stuff. You suck as a dad. And it was going to stop. That's a toxic thought. Can't go there. Where do I got to go? All my children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of my children. And you have God begin, and you spend time in that word, and he begins to show you a picture of a future where he's taking them. And it's like, okay, God, that's easy to cast my care on you now because I can see what you're doing. See, but a lot of, it, a lot of us, we're not seeing what God sees. We're not seeing what God sees. You get a glimpse. You get a glimpse. And then you, all those other things are flashing by. Then you get a glimpse. And then all those, and what you become is a frustrated believer. Because you can sort of see, you can sort of see what you need to see. The other day, uh, we were on our trip going to uh, Great Falls, and man, I'm telling you, we're, we're on our way to change the world. We're going over there, and these guys are having this meeting, and, the, and, and they are, uh, they're just behind us a little bit, they're, you know, in, in, in church life, and we're just going to go and encourage, and, and uh, as a matter of fact, they've, they've called almost every day since we left and thanked us for coming, and man, it's amazing, but we're on our way, we're, we're on our way, and we're going up, and we're going over Lolo. And it, dude, it's an awesome road. And, but there's like this line in the pavement. And that side's wet, this side's dry. And there's no, no warning. And phew, we're, we're into this. Uh, and, and when I say that side's wet, I don't mean damp. I mean, <laughs> dude, it's raining, okay? And, and my goggles 
slowly begin to fill up with water. And I'm riding, and, and, and they're filling up with water, and because I'm a genius, I pull them out to drain the water and put them back, and they fogged right up. And now I'm on one of the curviest roads, you know, in the country, blind. And I'm following just the, 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 the dim glimmer of a taillight, which I'm thinking about now taking up an offering and buying him an LED so I, you can see it better. And, and, and he has this thought, oh, I bet I'm spraying pastor. So he takes off. And I'm riding blind. And I'm thinking, this is like one of the dumbest things I've ever done. Because I, I can't see. I'm thinking I, need, I should find a place to pull over, but I don't see those places until whoo, they go by. And, 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 and I mean, I'm blind. And let me tell you something. When, uh, when you can't see what you need to see, it's instant intimidation. Okay, just a minute ago, I'm the man. Now, dear God, help me. Okay, uh, I, I, I suddenly feel as if I'm on the edge of disaster. Why? Because I can't see. And see, there's too many believers going through life because you, you, your vision's blurred and you feel intimidated by, by, the, by the things that you see and the things you think you might not have seen when it's too late, when you collide with them. And, and you're on the edge of disaster. Let me tell you what I did first thing the next morning in Missoula, Montana, is walked into a shop and bought a proper pair of goggles. I got the correct gear. That's what we're doing here today, is we're, we're providing you with the right gear so that you can see, regardless of the storm, regardless of the situation, so that you can see, because you need to see what God sees. If you can see what God sees, the intimidation factor goes away. If you can see what God sees, man, that feeling like I'm going under, that's going to leave your life. If you can see what God sees and the threat that the enemy's holding over your head, suddenly it has no more weight, no more power, no more authority in your life. Why? Because I'm seeing what God's seeing. Man, I'm telling you, I'm not seeing kind of what God's seeing. I'm clearly seeing what God sees. And he has a plan for my life, a hope for my life, a vision for my life, a, a provision for my Come on, somebody. Check this out in Genesis chapter 2. Out of the ground, God formed every beast and, and every fowl. And, and he brought them to Adam, look, to see what he would call them. Next week, I'm going to kind of dive into this a little bit deeper. It's going to blow your mind. Listen, l let me just seed your thought for a second. The, the greatest authority that God gave man is, is, is when he breathed into him the breath of life. And man became a speaking being. And, and, and God comes down and he brings it, he brings all of this stuff to Adam and he says, okay, now you start naming it. And let's see if we see the same thing. Let's see, and God said, I'm gonna make sure we see the same thing. And whatever you call it, that's what it's gonna be. Do you understand that authority? That what, that's dominion authority. That what you call a thing, in the Bible, the name you give a thing determines the power that that thing has in your life. You, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but I cannot be stolen from. Because, you know, a lot of people, say, they quote John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I, Jesus said, have come that you might have life and have it in abundance. So the thief, we, we say that's, that's the devil. I don't, because if you go read John 10, he's not talking about the devil. He's talking about a hireling spirit. He's talking about a mentality that is not there for the people, but is there for himself. 
But Jesus said, I didn't come for myself. I came for the people. And, and I came not so that my life would be better, but I came to bring my life and give it to you. And so, so once I figured out that, man, they ain't talking about the devil, then the devil, because I'm not going to call him a thief because that would empower him to steal from me. He can't steal from me. The, the name you give it, thing, what you call it, what you call it, listen, what you call it, that's what it's going to be. And that's what God did is he, he called up down and he said, hey, you're going to start using words. And I want you to think about this because you're going to use words and those words are going to carry a thought and that thought's going to have an image and that image and you're going to see it. So what you see, we're going to see what you call it. And what you call it, what you call it is what it's going to be. It's crazy. You want to know when this happens? Should I tell him? Should I wait? What do you think? And God saw that it wasn't good for man to be alone, that he needed a helpmate. So he brought all the animals that he created, and he said, let's see what you call these. Aren't you glad that Adam didn't look at a donkey and say, woman? <laughs> Man, this is, a, you know, I've been having this convo with God all week. Like, well, this is a weird place to do that. How come you did that there? And, and, and this, this, is, this is what he said. He said, you want to be careful what you call a thing because what you call a thing, that's what you're going to live with. You're living with what you called it. How do you see it? When, when, when David went to fight Goliath, God didn't see a giant. He saw an opportunity to promote his son. When, when, when they marched around the, the city of Jericho, God didn't see an impenetrable city. He saw an opportunity to take out all of the enemy in one blow. Because they had all gathered together inside that city. They'd come from outside the walls, from all across the country. They got there ahead of time, and they were inside there. And God said, you know what? With one blow, I can eradicate this entire enemy force. When God's looking at your situation, what does he see? See, you see a giant, God sees a promotion. You see an impenetrable wall, God sees the opportunity to demonstrate Satan's defeat. If you could see what God sees, I'm telling you, it would probably, it would probably change the, the trajectory of your life. If you could just see for a moment, if you could just see and begin to, 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 to get a glimpse of where God's taking you, oh my gosh, you, 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 wouldn't have, you wouldn't have a problem getting up in the morning. You'd be going, okay, we're on our way. We are on our way. I'm just, man, I'm telling you, I'm beginning to see what God's seeing, and I'm getting more and more excited. If you could just see it, and here's the good news today, you can. How do I do it? You take heed. You take it, you sit down. Come on, somebody ought to be celebrating. See, we're praying for you. Man, I'm telling you, we're praying for you. Tonight at 6 o'clock when we have leaders meeting. By the way, you can come. But, you know, we're going to be reminded. Okay, here's the prayer. God, enlighten the eyes of their imaginations so that they can see what you see over their life. We're praying for you. God wants you to, he, he's, not, he, he's not trying to keep it from you. He wants to reveal it to you. But you got to slow down. Man, if you're too busy for the Word of God, you're too busy. I wish I could tell you that if you just attend services, man, is it, wow, it's going to be awesome. No, it's going to be frustrating. Because you're here, here, and you get a little glimpse, and then you go back out on the road, and your goggles fog up. And you need the right gear. I said you need the right gear. How can how how can they call unless they hear? 
How can they call unless they believe? How can they believe unless they hear? How can they hear unless they're open to hear? How can they, how can they how, God say, how can, how can they see what I want to show them to see? If they don't, one, know, know that they could see what I see, that they should see what I see. If they don't want to see what I see, how do I show them? You know, if it's right in the Bible, go figure that. That right in the Word of God, right in that book that you've been hauling around, you've been hiding $100 bills in there because nobody looks in there. You got your birth certificates and your marriage license shoved in a Bible someplace. No, your whole life is in that book. And he's wanting, to, he's wanting to unfold the pages of your life. He had a dream about the future, and that's where you got a beginning. And the wonders he saw, he could see you living them. And so he went to your inn, and he made sure you were winning. And then he started setting you up to have you collide with, with the fulfillment of his purpose for your life. But he just needs you to see it, even, even, even what the enemy has taken from you. See, God wants to restore. I said, God wants to restore. Read the book. God's into restoration. But restoration doesn't work, number one, unless something's been taken. But number two, you know, there's a principle to restoration. You have to build a structure to sustain that which was taken in the first place. Doesn't do any good to restore finances if you have the same bad structure that, that lost it in the first place. It doesn't do any good to restore health if you're, if, if you're not going to make, you know, healthy decisions. And if, so you have, to, you, have to, you have to go to work. You have to take heed. He'll show you the way to collide with your dream. Don't live frustrated. Don't live on the, on, on the edge of defeat. Live on the edge of ecstasy. Come on, somebody. Live on the edge of ecstasy. I, I don't care what anybody else is saying to you. God's speaking. And His Word doesn't return into Him void. It won't come back without fulfilling his exact purpose in your life. Man, open your eyes. Just bow your head for a minute. Just let me pray for you. Father, I pray that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we can see the hope of your calling. God, you've called us. It's not even our calling. It's your calling. You've called us out of darkness into light. You have a purpose and a plan for every life in here. God, begin to show us. Begin to cause your word to come up inside of us and, and, and paint a picture of, of a better tomorrow, of a brighter future. All heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We're all gonna pray one more prayer together. And you're here today and say, you know what, Tom, I, I, I wanna see myself living God life, God's way. I, I wanna surrender my life. Start to, I, I, I'm ready for a brand new beginning and, and, and I want to get real with God because I need God to get real with me. I need to see what he sees because right now I look around me and it's, man, goggles are full of water. And I feel like life's out of control. I want to see what God sees. How about we pray this prayer together? We give God the opportunity to actually rule and reign in our life. We won't call you out, won't have you stand, but if you're here today, I, I'm, I'm begging you, make, make the decision. Make the decision and make this your prayer. And I just, just so I can agree with you in prayer while, while heads are bowed, nobody's looking around, just hold your hand up and say, Tom, that's me. I'm making this personal today. This is going to be my prayer right here, right now. My life. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Put them down. Somebody else, just lift your hand. Just hold your hand up and say, okay, God, I, I, I need you in my life. 
I, I want that video. Thank you. Thank you. It's awesome. It's awesome. Man, I tell you, when you begin to see, thank you. Man, that's so cool. When you begin, when you begin to allow God to reveal the life that he has for man, it's, I'm telling you, greatest decision you've ever made is right here. I just want everybody here, just everybody, just pray this. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me. Change me from the inside out. Change the way I see. Change the way I think. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. Now use my life for your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, everybody, give God a big shout.